And that's why representation is so important, like having Black nurses, having Black doulas, having Black lactation consultants, and then even just having a week like Black Breastfeeding Week where women are sharing imagery and their stories on a platform. And I'll just say Instagram, although we're seeing these imagery everywhere, but I feel like Instagram is where I see it most frequently. Hey ladies, you're listening to the Mom Talks with Krista podcast, where I interview some of the most amazing women from those sharing knowledge related to labor, breastfeeding, and postpartum issues to everyday moms sharing stories of struggle, triumph, and the unexpected. These women are sure to give you honest conversations to help accomplish one key issue, getting rid of mom shaming. So if you want a judgment-free, open conversation, buckle your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. This is Mom Talks with Krista. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of Mom Talks with Krista. I'm your host, Krista. I'm so happy you're here and joining me for this episode. And... Today, I have a very special episode. It actually started as an Instagram live. We do those from time to time, and they're so much fun. There's definitely a lot more pressure with it being live and having a live audience, but I really enjoy it. It's great to connect and have see live comments coming through, so that's always a lot of fun. So today, I'm going to replay one from August of this year. It was actually during Black Breastfeeding Week, and I spoke with Sienna and Nikki, who are co-authors of the book, Boobies Go Bye-Bye. And if you are thinking about weaning soon or just kind of have it on your mind in the near near future, this is the episode for you. They share tips that they use with their own kids on how to wean and talk all about their awesome and it's so cute. You guys, you have to check out the book. Their book, Boobies Go Bye Bye. It's all about uh, the story of Nikki and her daughter, Faye. And basically just going through the process of telling her daughter that we're no longer going to be breastfeeding. And she shares some really awesome tips for anyone that is in that point. And then it being Black Breastfeeding Week, when this initially came out, we talked all about the importance of Black Breastfeeding Week, and they shared some important statistics and how you can be involved in helping spread awareness. So Without further ado, I want to share this episode, but wait really quick. Don't go anywhere yet. We are introducing our new segment, Mom Tales of the Week. I'm so excited for this. Every single week, we're going to be posting questions on Instagram and our Facebook group, having you guys share some of your funny, interesting, awesome, cool stories that happened to you with some different prompts. So um, we got some really good ones for you today. So hang around for the end of the episode. I'm going to be sharing some, some of your mom tales. I can't wait. So without further ado, here's my interview with Sienna and Nikki. Thanks for coming guys. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about your book. And of course, about the, the importance of black breastfeeding week, because it just started yesterday and I'm just so excited. So just to get started, can you guys just tell us a little bit about each of you and um, we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for having us. Um, My name is Nikki. I live in the DMV area. That's DC, Maryland and Virginia. Um, I'm a wife. I'm a mom of three. Married to my high school sweetheart. I am a publicist. I own a PR agency. I'll say PR. And I also co-founded District Motherhood, which is the DMV's premier 501c3 for moms of color. I'm also the co-founder of the Mom Friends, which is a full-scale conference 
for uh, moms of color and moms fly in from all over the nation to come to DC for a full day of Black Mom Magic. It's lit. It's amazing. And I most recently uh, co-authored Boobies Go Bye Bye with Sienna. So it's me in a nutshell. Hi, my name is Sienna Riley. I'm born and raised in Washington, D.C., currently living in Maryland. I'm a wife. I'm a mom of two. Uh, my son, Hunter, is five, and Tegan is just turned two. Um, I am a children's book author, so I published my first children's book, Not So Different, in June of 2020, and now Nikki and I have written this book together. So yeah. Awesome. I'm so excited for this. So yes, you guys just wrote the book, Boobies Go Bye Bye. And we're going to talk all about the details and where everyone can get the book very shortly. But first, as a way to spread awareness and education for those that don't know, let's talk about some important statistics when it comes to um, breastfeeding in the Black community, Some just to make others aware and how we can um, help basically. Yeah. So um, Black Breastfeeding Week kicked off yesterday. Um, it was founded by three amazing women, Kimberly sellers Allers, Kadada Green, and Anaya Ayoka. And they launched it in 2012 to raise awareness about Black breastfeeding statistics. According to the CDC, 85, 85% of white women breastfeed um, in comparison to 69% of Black mothers. And that could possibly be because of a lack of visibility, a lack of representation. So during Black Breastfeeding Week, it's encouraged for Black moms that are breastfeeding to be visible, to take pictures, to talk about their journeys as a way to encourage other moms to breastfeed. I shared this yesterday, the NPR, they say that 66% of Black infants infants are breastfed in comparison to 82% of white and Latin infants. And that gap tends to widen as the kids get older because Black moms typically don't, um, they're not extended breastfeeders. So those are just four, a few of the things that are highlighted this week. Another part of Black Breastfeeding Week that's important is to encourage there to be more Black lactation consultants, more IBCLCs. And I just found out this statistic, the most common ethnicity in uh, lactation consultants is white and they account for, white women account for 70.5% of all lactation consultants. Comparatively, there are 10.8 Black or African-American um, lactation consul consultants and 8.6 Hispanic or Latino yeah. lactation consultants. So it's really important for to increase the amount of LCs that we have in the industry too. And that's not to say that um, white lactation consultants don't encourage Black mothers to breastfeed, but there are statistics that show that Black women are are given formula or um, told to use formula far more than you know white women. So if there are more Black lactation consultants, we feel like those statistics will also decrease. I believe the stats that like nine Black women are offered formula nine times more than their counterparts, and um, Black women are the least percentage of women who breastfeed overall. So wow. I had the opportunity, like I didn't, I had the resources, thankfully, to where, you know, I was able to, I was the first generation breastfeeder in my family. So luckily I had the resources where I was able to choose breastfeeding, but I know a lot of black women don't have that resource. And I think that also contributes to the disparities. Think about everything that you need. Like you need to have a job where you're able to nurse or you're able to pump and not all, you know, all black women don't have that, that opportunity. Yeah, I think like the the education and definitely like lacks where it's like, especially like a new mom, especially a young mom that's 
going to be like, you know, I'm just going to listen to this, you know, nurse here that's going to tell me and just assume that they know, exactly. and you know, without even sometimes without knowing to even ask. Right. You know, exactly. It's not there. And if you're coming from a family who your mom didn't breastfeed, where that's what I, that was my experience. If you're coming from a family who your mom didn't breastfeed and you're not given the option, you're automatically just going to go with whatever the the doctors say. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's yeah. why representation is so important. Like having black nurses, having black doulas, having black lactation consultants, and then even just having a week like black breastfeeding week where women are sharing imagery and their stories on a platform. And I'll just say, Instagram, although we're seeing these imagery everywhere, but I feel like Instagram is where I see it most frequently. This wasn't an app. This wasn't a thing 20 years Mm -hmm. ago. This really wasn't even a thing 10 years ago. So now you have younger women, you have young moms, moms to be on this platform, seeing black women breastfeed freely. And it's like, okay, well, let me at least see what this is all about. Let me do my research and make a decision as to whether I want to pursue this um, myself or not. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's definitely, there can be just some downsides to social media, but that is one of the big things where there's so much education now out there at our fingertips and mm-hmm. more representation than we've seen in the past, which which is amazing. And there's a lot of work still to be done, but I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's cool that we have this platform where we can continue to talk about it um, and educate others. I agree. I feel like Black Breastfeeding Week is so amazing. We need a Black Breastfeeding Month, Black Breastfeeding Year, but um, so much takes place this week. And I love seeing all the different demonstrations. So just kudos to the three women that founded this week. And you guys also talk a little bit about how in the Black community, extended breastfeeding is considered very taboo. So do you guys want to talk a little bit more about that? Well, I think like we say, so the stats anyway, um, breastfeeding in general is not as popular in the black community so i think when you start to talk about extended breastfeeding which is beyond most women breastfeed six months to a year when you go beyond that i mean i think our black community just doesn't hasn't embraced it it's not normal so i think that we are trying to change the narrative on that and making it normal it's very much normal to breastfeed your child beyond a year Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's so interesting to me like I don't know who said 12 months was the cutoff and I don't know why there is so much judgment that comes Mm -hmm. and the judgment, it doesn't come from like external forces. It doesn't come from people that you don't know. It doesn't come from strangers. You might be breastfeeding at a park and a stranger sees you with, you know, a toddler on your lap and they may look at you sideways, but they're not going to say anything to you. It's your close friends and family that will acknowledge this and say, oh, you know, well, why are you still nursing that baby? That baby has teeth. Girl, give that baby a cup. And it's just like, first of all, it's, it's a personal decision. Second of all, what is it about me breastfeeding past 12 months that makes you uncomfortable? So I think having these conversations and acknowledging the fact that there's still actually nutritional benefits to breast milk past 12 months. The milk, it changes as your baby um, gets older. I've had someone say, I mean, the baby doesn't need the breast milk and the milk isn't doing anything for your baby anymore at this point. Which- which is not true. So there's some education that comes into play there and just having these conversations and just letting people know like, oh yeah, I'm going to breastfeed my baby until I'm done or until he or she is done. And it's really not any of your business. Yeah. It goes back to that like judgment where it's like, where it's like every family is completely different. And so from you from the outside to look at me and tell me I'm doing something wrong, like, 
you don't know what, you know, like what I've been through with this journey and, you know, what my baby needs, what my child needs. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and I don't so, so much understand why it matters. Why are people so concerned with why other women continue to breastfeed their children beyond the period that the doctors say is normal? Like, I don't understand that. I'm not even going to like, if my mom is watching, don't be mad at me. But so <laughs> I was, I nursed Faye for 22 months. And I remember my mom FaceTiming me one day. And I don't know, maybe Faye was like 20 months old. And literally we hopped on FaceTime and I was nursing Faye. And she called like my aunt was like, look at Nikki. She is still breastfeeding this girl. And I'm like, mom, first of all, hello. Hi. (laughs) Like you didn't even greet me. The first thing you did was acknowledge what I was doing and then call someone to look like as if it was a spectacle. Mind you, I'm from Ghana. So, I mean, back home, women breastfeed two, three, four years. So I don't even know why she felt the need to acknowledge that, but that those are the kinds of things that you may deal with as a mom that is an extended breastfeeder. And it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, I had a very similar situation with my mother as well. Mother's asking me when I was going to stop <laughs> my daughter. So it'd be your own family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know we have like a, we have a Facebook group and I, I feel like a lot of the posts I see the most it's, it's close family, it's close friends Mm -hmm. that they feel the most judged by or, you know, most of the negative comments because I think they, a lot of times they think like, oh, because we're family, I can say that. And it's like, it still hurts. Like, yeah, exactly. They feel most comfortable. And I, I don't even think that they're doing it maliciously, but like you said, they feel the most comfortable because they are close friends. They are close family so they feel like they can express their opinion about how you mother your child when you know you can keep that to yourself <laughs> but I, when, I, when it boils down to it i think it's just a lack of knowledge i think mm-hmm. ultimately it's just a lack of knowledge people don't understand people haven't taken the time to understand why people decide to breastfeed for longer than a year so they're just they're not aware definitely definitely hear that a lot it's that it's that insecurity with either themselves or they were told by someone like, oh, that's not good. And so then they kind of push it off into someone else. Yeah. For sure. This podcast is sponsored by Mommy Knows Best. Are you looking for a lactation cookie that's not only effective, but tastes good? Mommy Knows Best offers an assortment of lactation cookies, brownies, and our newest ready-to-eat lactation cookies. Perfect for on-the-go moms. We offer six different flavors, including a dairy and gluten-free option. And let me tell you guys, you would not even know it's dairy and gluten-free unless someone told you. It's, it's so good. Mommy Knows Best empowers all moms with the tools and resources necessary to give your newborn the best start in life. With an assortment of lactation treats and supplements that contain all natural herbal remedies traditionally and effectively used for generations to treat low milk supply. Whether you're a new mom or a pro, Mommy Knows Best gives you plenty of options, all of which are created with the health and safety of both baby and mom in mind. Right now, Mommy Knows Best is offering 20% off when you use the code MOMTALKS at mommyknowsbest.com. That's M-O-M-T-A-L-K-S for 20% off. You talk a little bit about gentle weaning, and that's another thing that's rarely discussed. So I'm so curious to hear more about what this is and how people can can use it. Okay, so gentle weaning is a term that I learned when I was weaning Faye. And I remember, again, telling a friend, and they were like, girl, what is gentle weaning? And I'm pretty much, it's like self-led weaning, allowing the baby to wean themselves off or finding a way to respectfully end the nursing journey. I always think 
try to compare it to myself as an adult. If there was something that I really loved and I indulged in every day, I enjoyed every day. And then one day someone just took it from me. Like, would I not be so hurt and so devastated? Mm -hmm. And so that was my thought behind weaning Faye. Like, she loves her boobies. I can't just one day be like, you can't have them anymore. So with gentle weaning, you find an easier way to transition them slowly from the breast, whether it's removing one feeding a day, the evening feeding or the, the daytime feeding. And you can work with a lactation consultant on different tips and tricks and tools that you can use. But it's slowly ending the breastfeeding journey rather than just abruptly cutting the, the, the baby off. Yeah. And then just to add on other and also doing things such as like, kind of not having your boobs as accessible. So mm -hmm. maybe covering up a little bit more. So that works for me, like not having a shirt where my daughter could just lift it up. If I have on a dress, mm -hmm. she can't get to it as easy. So then she might not be as interested because she'll mm -hmm. just figure out to do it. So that's what, that was a part of gentle weaning that I took on with um, weaning Tegan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That really, yeah, that, that that's a great explanation of it. Like, you wouldn't want something just taken away from you. So let it allowing them to have a little bit control or, you know, mm -hmm. when they kind of want to slowly wean on their own a little bit. And we'll talk about it in the book, but even just preparing them for the transition. I mean, that's kind of how boobies go bye bye came to be, but like talking to your baby and just letting them know, you know, you know, mommy's boobies are broken or mommy's boobies are going bye bye. Just having that conversation, preparing them mentally for the transition rather than just abruptly doing so. Yeah, like gradually leading up to it. Like I think it took, we started talking about weaning months before we actually weaned and gradually we slowly cut down to not doing it all. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I think that is like the perfect segue into your guys' book, Boobies Go Bye Bye. <laughs> and it's the real life story of your daughter, Faye, and the weaning um, process you guys went through. So Talk a little bit, tell me about the book, tell everyone what they can expect in the book and the process and all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we're so excited. It's available for pre-order now. Movies go bye-bye. And the book came about because I documented my weaning journey back um, in December. And it's funny because all of last year I said, okay, well, Faye's about to turn 12 months. I'm going to wean. And then I'd be on Instagram like, oh, she's 15 months. I still haven't weaned. Oh, she's 18 months. I still haven't weaned. So the people that are like my IG friends, IG followers, they had seen me going through this process and not actually beginning the weaning process. But being home during the pandemic, I think Sianna can attest to this too. I wanted to wean, but then the pandemic came. So it's like, we were stuck in the house. There's no place to go. There's no, you can't just send your kids to mom's house or, you know, so right. we just continued nursing. And then also because there are benefits to breastfeeding, you have immunity protection, all of those things. It's like, okay, well, I'll just keep nursing my baby. But towards the end of the year, I was done. I was touched out. I was tired of being abused by Faye. Anyone who breastfeeds, you can, you know that breastfed babies are bullies. They are strong. They are aggressive and they become more aggressive the older they get. So I was tired of just being manhandled by my daughter. And I just kind of wanted my body back too. So in December, I decided, okay, we are not going into 2021 nursing. We're just going to cut this off. So I talked to my sitter, my amazing sitter, and we came up with a plan and it was to leave Faye with her for four days. And this is one of the tips that I actually received from another mom, just asking, you know, how did you win your daughter? And most people said, well, you know, I dropped my daughter off or I dropped my child off for a few days. And when they came back, that was it. So, which is still kind of, you know, 
a little rough, but that's what most people did. And I said, okay, well, we're going to do that too. And she said, Nikki, are you sure? If you are ready to wean your daughter, then that means when you pick her up after these four days, you cannot regress. You cannot go back to breastfeeding her. So I'm like, okay. So I made the decision and then we started to have conversations with Faye, just talking to her and saying, you know, mommy's boobies are going bye-bye. You know, mommy's boobies are broken. You know, mommy's milk is going away. Just having those simple conversations with her and my sitter reinforced it and so did my son, Nick. He's nine. He also reinforced it. And then I dropped her off to her sitter and I documented the whole process, me crying, me panicking, because I was really, really nervous about the entire thing. And when I look back at some of the videos, they do seem a little dramatic, but that's how I felt in real time. I was afraid that they would be angry. Yes, that is real life. Like going through the stress that you don't think about the stress that you have to go through when you're nursing your child. People always think about the child, but it's also a very, very emotional on the mom because this is a bond that you've created. Exactly. Exactly. So it's breaking the bond. It's coming to terms with me. I'm no longer going to nurse this baby. This chapter of my life is done, especially because with Faye, she was, she is my last. I made sure of that. I'm not having any more babies. So, you know, accepting the fact that, okay, I'm no longer going to nurse. Is Faye going to be upset? How is this transition going to go? She's going to cry for a few weeks. So I documented all of this and I got so much feedback from the moms watching saying, I'm going through the same thing or I'm preparing to wean or my son is four and I'm still nursing because I'm scared to wean. So I documented the entire process when she came back, what happened. And thankfully she weaned a lot easier than I thought. So some of the things that I did to wean, of course I dropped her off for a few days, but I also put band-aids over my boobies. I wore body suits. I put ACV on my nipples, you name it, I did it. <laughs> so that just to create an aversion. But what worked for us was the band-aids over my nipples. She came home and she saw them and she was just like, wow, mommy's boobies are broken. Like, but we had had this conversation before so she could make that connection. Um, and she realized then, okay, I can't nurse because I don't have access to the nipples anymore because they're broken. So I said all that to say, I documented everything. I got so much feedback from mom saying, thank you for sharing. These were great tips. This is amazing. And then one woman, I don't know if she's watching. Her name is Prissy Sweetcakes. I absolutely love her. She's a local vendor we work with. She DM'd me and said, newsflash sis, boobies go bye-bye is a book title. Think about it. And I was just like, wow, it, it really could be a book title. So I went to sleep that night. And God came to me and was like, you know what? You should write this book, document this, call Sienna, ask her if she wants to co-author it with you. I woke up the next day and it was just all so clear. Everything was, was painted out, like from the artwork, what I wanted the story to sound like. And I called Sienna and said, hey, can you talk for a second? <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, that, that's really how all of this came to be. But really, I, once Prissy brought it up to me, I thought to myself, it makes sense for there to be a resource to use for weaning because we have, we read our children books about everything. You know, there's yeah. potty training books, manners, shapes, colors, you know, being yeah. a little leader, all of these things. What if there was a book? What if there was a resource, a picture book that mom could read to her toddler to explain the weaning process and use it throughout the weaning transition? And so that's how we got to Boobies Go Bye Bye. And then I called Sienna and here and we so are. And so while Nikki was recording all of this, I was in the process of thinking, I was in the same, you know, same boat. Like I wanted to wean Tegan, but I was afraid. We were in the middle of a pandemic. 
I didn't know where to start. I didn't know how to start. My son weaned himself, so I didn't have to go through it with him. But this process with my daughter, I knew that I was going to have to initiate it. So watching Nikki document her weaning experience gave me the courage to, and I used some of the tips that she used, so it gave me some of the courage to go through with it. And we started using the same language, boobies go bye-bye, which really helped my daughter because she grasped it and she started mm -hmm. saying it as well, which helped her connect the dots. And mm -hmm. I did the same thing. We did the band-aids over my nipples and she would check to see, you know, so the band-aids <laughs> didn't have access to my nipples. So she would check mm -hmm. to see whether the band-aids were still there because that helped her connect the dots. Like, oh, I can't nurse anymore. There's no, there's nothing for me to nurse on. So that it definitely helped. And I think the visual was important for us. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. I love the story of like how it just kind of came to be. Like you weren't necessarily intending on writing a book, but just because you helped so many moms, like it just shows like this is something that's really needed. Mm -hmm. and, and so in what ways do you think like moms that are watching that are, you know, about to the point where they might want to start weaning, how do you think it will kind of help them with the nervousness around it, the the stress maybe? How do you think this book will help them? Well, I think we hope that this book can be used as a tool to help moms and baby navigate the process. Um, not only is a simple language for children to understand, for the baby to understand, but it also addresses how mom will feel. So I would suggest like reading the book as a mom first to know what to expect because it's not going to be easy it's a lot easier than i thought it was right but i still had some pushback and i had to just keep reiterating like boobies go bye-bye so i think it'll prepare you for the process and it'll be used as a tool that you can always revert back to when you need to your child can understand so you can see the pictures in the book so yeah that's exactly exactly what sianna said awesome. someone in the comments said what is the best age to wean I, I honestly, I think you have to make that decision, but I yeah. will say that the older or the longer that you nurse, the harder it is to wean from my Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely agree. I, again, personal decision. I would suggest doing it before 12 months, <laughs> between nine and 12 months, because I think that after 12 months, it's game on. Like they're toddlers, they're they're cognitively, they're so much smarter and it's just going to be harder to, you know, sever that tie. So, but that's a personal decision. We're so excited for everyone to read the story. And so when we decided to write it, you know, of course we did our research first just to see if there were other weaning books. I had never seen one, but I think it's a really niche subject that you're not going to find unless you're looking for it. So I've never seen a weaning book in a store, like not at a Barnes and Noble, it's hard. I've never seen a weaning book, picture book. Mm -hmm. So then I went on Amazon and I searched for books there. There were a handful, but all of them were pretty dated or they were written from, you know, more of a technical perspective, which is fine. There wasn't a book that I thought would, would be approachable and relatable and really spoke to this generation of moms. Um, and then also we noticed that of all of the winning books that were available, none of them were written by black women and none mm -hmm. of them featured black main characters. And we said, okay, well then I guess we are supposed to do this because we are truly, truly filling a void with this story. So I'm excited for everyone to read it and see just how relatable and modern and fun and like there's a triumphant end at the story, but also the representation of it all. Yeah. Yeah. which I think will help normalize um, breastfeeding and extended breastfeeding in our Black communities, 
which is mm-hmm. me. Exactly. Because you you can see in the book, like, it's me and Faye in the book, but you can see Faye getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so you can see that there's a larger baby in mama's lap, which shows that, you know, she breastfed her baby for longer than, you know, 12 months or whatever. This is, she's a toddler, essentially. So mm-hmm. it's just like subtle ways of acknowledging extended breastfeeding and having those conversations. I love that. And I love the artwork in the book. It looks so good. Thank did you. you. Did you guys just... Did you guys know someone that did the artwork or who, who did the artwork? It looks so good. Thank you. So I wanted to work with a um, black owned publishing company and I did my research and I found DG publishing. They are a husband and wife duo. I believe they're, they are based in Texas. I'm probably wrong. They are amazing. They're a one-stop shop. Um, so with the book publishing process, you have options. You can, you know, work with a publisher and then work with an illustrator outside of the publisher publishing company. I chose to do everything in-house and I love that this company offers everything. They offer um, editing with your manuscript, in-house illustrations, they assist with marketing, all of those things, and then can help you with the final publishing and getting the book on different platforms like Amazon, et cetera. So everything was done in-house. I sent them pictures. I sent them inspiration. And honestly, they nailed it like it's beyond what I expected, honestly. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful the way they did it. So tell everyone where they can get the book, where they can pre-order it. And yeah, all those fun details where they can get it. The book can be purchased at theadventuresoffancyfay.com. It will be available in September on Amazon. I will uh, put all the links in the in the notes once I post it to our page. And then, of course, where can everyone follow you guys and see more about the journey? Ask you guys any other questions if they have questions specifically about weaning or anything else, really. Yeah, you can follow me at Chocolate Fashion PR. And then you can follow our two mom communities. Um, I'm the co-founder of District Motherhood. We do a lot of fun events in the DMV and also nonprofit work. And then also the mom friends. We have our annual conference in May, the week after Mother's Day. So you can follow the mom friends, District Motherhood, Chocolate Fashion PR, and the Adventures of Fashion Fancy Faye. I'm sure you'll tag all of these pages because that's a lot yes. for people to remember. Yes. yes. And you can follow at um, Not So Different Book. Awesome. Well, this was so good. I think just, you know, it's an awesome way to kick off Black Breastfeeding Week and just talk about the importance of why we have this week and how, you know, other people can help support and spread and educate, spread the news, educate any other tips or anything you want people to go away from in regards to supporting Black Breastfeeding Week. Yes, I would definitely say go to the website, the main website, blackbreastfeedingweek.org and find ways that you can contribute, um, ways that you can donate, ways that you can amplify their messaging because they are the reason why reason why um, Black Breastfeeding Week is a thing and they are doing such great work. And I think that we are just an extension of what they are doing. So going to the organization the same ways that you can assist directly is the best way to, to start. Yeah, I would just piggyback that and just say to continue to educate yourself because a lot of people I know didn't know that disparities between Black women and breastfeeding. So I think mm-hmm. continuing to educate, the more people get educated about it, the more people will know about it and it'll become more normal. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I think that's great advice. And definitely go, anyone that's just following Mommy Knows Best and is not familiar with Nikki or Sienna, please go out, follow them and check them out. So awesome talking to you guys today. This is awesome. And Definitely go pre-order your copy of Boobies Go Bye Bye. Thank you so much for having us today. This was so great.
All right, guys, it's time for our new segment called Mom Tales of the Week. I'm so excited for this. So we just wanted to add a little spin to the podcast each week and get your spin on motherhood. So we are sharing different prompts, different questions every Monday on social media and kind of just reading through some of our favorite answers. So this week's Mom Tale of the Week was, why was your toddler mad today? And these responses did not disappoint. First up, Jahira Wanzi. My toddler asked for apple juice in her Mickey cup, so I gave her apple juice in her Mickey cup. She then threw it across the room and had an emotional breakdown screaming, no, for 15 minutes. Oh my gosh, that is, yeah, that's a good one. What is it about kids wanting certain cups or certain colors when, when they're younger? I remember me and my siblings, we were obsessed with the red cup. And we would fight over who got the red cup. I, I don't know what it is. Someone out there, tell me if there's a reason. Okay, next one's from Dominique Hikes. She wanted to watch Little Einstein's, so I put it on. She got mad because she didn't want the TV on. Well, if someone finds out a way to watch Little Einstein's without having the TV on, let Dominique know because that that's near impossible. <laughs> okay. And we've got our, we got a few anonymous. If you guys do have a story that involves someone else, or you just would rather not your name be read, that's fine too. You can always DM us and we will read them anonymously, or you can always comment anonymous. I think we can all relate to some of these. This one says, I wouldn't allow her to have a marshmallow for breakfast. Hey, I get it. Sometimes marshmallow for breakfast is, is where it's at. This next one says, my toddler got mad because I told him he couldn't eat leaves. Okay. I mean, on the opposite end of that though, what is, what's the, uh, you know, if you let him eat a leaf, he might realize that they're not good and then not do it again. Just saying that was just my little input. I do remember one time as a kid, I had dirt on my shoe and I ate a piece of dirt. And my mom was like, that's fine. You build your immune system. I don't know if that's just something that people did back then. This last one. I told my toddler he couldn't play outside during a storm. That's a tough one because storms do seem fun, but yeah, that's, that's tough. You know, maybe he'll be, maybe he'll be like a storm chaser when he grows up and want to follow the storm. Cause that's exactly how my fiance is. Anytime there's a storm going on, he wants to be outside and see what's going on. So, you know, maybe he's got a little, um, you know, storm chaser or weatherman, weatherman in him or something. So, all right, guys, that was our first mom tales of the week. As a reminder, every single Monday on Instagram, Facebook, and in our Facebook group, we will be posting these little prompts to get you to share your side of the story. You can share all kinds of things and we're going to read some of our favorites. So hope you guys enjoyed that. And thanks again for tuning into this episode and I will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Mom Talks with Krista podcast. For more information about this show, past shows, or to check out our YouTube channel, please see our show notes. If you loved the show, please share it with your mom tribe. The bigger, the better. Thanks for listening and have a great day.